because your ability to execute and problem solve and figure things out has gotten you noticed and it's gotten you ahead of the pack in a really good way. Now is the easiest time it will ever be to use your voice because the more you advance, the bigger the rooms are going to get, right? The bigger the projects are going to get, the higher the stakes are going to get. They still have enormous potential and they have the ability to imagine something greater for themselves than where they're at right now. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. If you're listening the week that this episode comes out, welcome to 2021. I say this with a laugh because what was 2020? What just happened? Hopefully it doesn't happen again in 2021, but I'm feeling so excited for this fresh start and I love the feeling of ending things and starting new things. I always remember like the last week of grade school when things would be wrapping up and you had that feeling of like summer coming and you could throw away all your study papers because you didn't have to remember anything ever for the test. I just love that feeling of leaving things behind and moving on. And today's episode is so perfect for that because it's all about the future and it's all about envisioning your future and envisioning what you could be. And it's about you getting really, really honest with yourself about what it is you want and actually committing to pursuing that. Because the interesting thing about a professional environment and about your job and about your career is that while there are many external factors that are, of course, out of your control when it comes to what happens in your career, there are so many that are in your control. And so often, I don't think we realize, and I think maybe sometimes you might not realize how much is in your control, because when we feel scared or we feel insecure or we're just not feeling confident, we start to assume that we don't have autonomy. And because we feel scared to do things, we feel like those things aren't in our control because we're avoiding them because we're so scared. But when you take fear out of the equation, or even better and even more precisely, when you become willing to face fear and look at fear and be with fear and allow it to sit next to you, like in the movie theater, like fear, I saved you a seat. And you don't run away when you see it coming. When you allow for that, the possibilities for how you can change and how you can show up and what you can do in your role become completely limitless. And that is what this show is about. And that is what today's episode is about. And in fact, I have something very special today and this week and this year. And oh my gosh, I have so much to tell you. So I'm going to share some updates with you, tell you a little bit about what's coming ahead in this episode and the rest of this week. And then I'm going to dive all the way in to a plan, a blueprint that you can follow to figure out 
what it is you need to do differently this year so that you can progress at a rate professionally that reflects the full extent of all of your talents and your capabilities. This might not necessarily be easy. It might require you to take bold, scary action and show up in different ways. But I can tell you that one of the fastest ways to create change and results in your life is to start showing up for the places and situations where you aren't showing up because you're scared. And that is what I'm going to talk about today. And I am so, so, so excited. Before I dive into the content, Lots of big things ahead, lots of exciting change ahead, which I'm so excited to share with you. If you've been listening to the end of season four, you know that I've gone through this transition and I can already hear like so many emotions and I can feel so many emotions coming up in myself because there's there's just been a lot happening in my life and it's been a whirlwind of exciting change and scary change and there have been hard things that have happened too. But it's all brought me to this point where now it's not just a podcast. So, of course, this podcast is going to continue for as long as I possibly can because I love it so much. And I literally feel like it's like a chunk of my heart, like a piece of my heart. But I'm now also officially opening my private coaching practice and I'm officially a coach for women. And it feels so good to say that because there is a part of me deep inside my soul that I think has known this for a while, but I just had some troubles listening to that part of me because I wasn't really very well practiced at listening to it. But the more that I've done this show and the more time has gone on, what I realized is that I am a coach for a very certain type of woman and probably for the type of woman that I was not even that long ago, not even that many years ago. My growth and my confidence has happened really fast and intense over the recent years. But I am the type of coach, I think, for women who maybe aren't finding that person out there for them. I wasn't finding my person when I was struggling, and that's why I started this podcast. I lacked confidence. I was so scared in my role. I didn't participate in meetings. I was really scared to present in meetings, had like major phobias around that stuff. I had, you know, like body language that made me feel really small all the time. And I had a lot of like low self-esteem and there was a lot of shame, which I wasn't even aware of at the time, but now I can see that I felt a lot of shame. And I was always looking for like a mentor or someone that could help me with all of this. And I never found anything. Everything I was finding for professional women felt like it was designed for people who were already confident. And I felt so broken at the time. And I felt like I couldn't find what was meant for me. And, you know, I still have these parts of myself, the fears, the awkwardness, the hesitation, the self-doubt, the anxieties. I'm a very complex person, but those parts of me were really big and really prominent at the start of my career. And I couldn't find guidance that felt like it was made for me. And that's why I started this show. And what I realized is, I am not the coach for people who are confident. I am the coach for people who 
are on a path of finding something in them that they maybe know is there, but is buried beneath many, many layers of fear and struggle and self-doubt because I know what that's like. And I feel like so much of my adult life has been unlearning some of that and learning to trust myself and really learning to believe that I have value and I have something important to share. And it's really exciting for me to be able to bring everything I've learned in my life, in my career, in my coach training, through doing this podcast, in my creative endeavors, to bring all of that into my coaching practice to help women in a one-on-one capacity and to help you with the things that matter most, not just for your career progression and not just for how you show up at work, but for how you feel. My goal is to help make you feel powerful. And I will do it as much as I can through this podcast because it is such a powerful medium. And now it is something that I am doing in a one-on-one capacity. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode because I really want to get into the content and I'm feeling really fired up about sharing all of this with you. There will be information in the show notes and I'll share more about, you know, where you can find more about my coaching and what this all looks like at the end of today's episode. But right now I'm feeling like it's time to dive into what it is I want to share with you. And what I want to share with you is a blueprint for leadership and confidence and success. And this is actually something that I use one-on-one in my coaching practice, but it's something that you can use on yourself. And as I share all of this with you, I want you to do a little bit of a self-assessment and be honest with yourself and really ask yourself as you're hearing me talk about these things, what it is you feel like you need to work on. Because as soon as you identify the places that you need to work on, that gives you your blueprint for what 2021 represents for you. So if you are like a heroine on this grand journey of growth and exploration, your next adventure for this year can come out of this episode. And today I'm going to be sharing with you the four leadership styles, the four core pillars of leadership that I use a lot in my one-on-one work And this is a three-part series this week in honor of the launch of my business and in honor of the new year and in honor of the start of season five. So today I'm going to be talking about these four pillars and then throughout the week, I'm going to deep dive into the one pillar that I have seen from those of you who have talked to me and reached out to me that I have seen be the most difficult for you in your careers. And I'm gonna give you some guidance and tools on how to navigate that. And so to explain to you about these three, three, four pillars, I'm actually going to paint a picture because I understand the world visually. And as soon as something can become a picture, everything makes sense for me. Um, Podcasting is probably not the best medium because it's audio and I like pictures, but who cares? I'm going to do what I want. So I'm going to paint a picture. And this picture that I'm going to paint is a picture of horses, a picture of lots of horses all connected together who are pulling like a carriage. And I'm sort of imagining, I want to say like maybe Cinderella, um, but you know, in animated films where the horses are kind of like running with the carriage and it's like going up and down the hills and you can see it going into the distance. 
that's what I think about when I talk about this carriage and these horses pulling this carriage. And I promise you that this is all going to make sense. The reason this is so helpful for me to use to help you understand these skills is because when we are working, when you are working in a professional environment, you are not working as a solo standalone person, right? Like you, you know that for sure. Try to get your job done without talking to anyone, without emailing anyone, without working with anyone. It's literally impossible. That's the definition of what it means to be part of a company is that you're embedded with other people and the success of the work you do depends on how you work with those other people. And that's a lot like horses who are all drawing a carriage together, right? So you can't pull the carriage alone when you're connected to these other horses. You're all working on it together and you're inseparable. (laughs) There are probably times where this makes your life really unpleasant. (laughs) And there are probably times where you really wish that you could just do something by yourself and where you think you could probably do it faster than having like the 20 or however many contributors are involved in the project or whatever it is you're doing, right? So working with people isn't always easy, But that's also what creates the opportunities for you to step up as a leader. And that's really what this is all about. And I want you to think about this horse and these horses all drawing this carriage together as sort of representing the work that you do. So when you're doing something at work, you're getting something from point A to point B. And I want you to think of that as being the carriage. So you and your coworkers or the people you work with or all these horses drawing this carriage and you're all working on it together, trying to get it from point A to point B. And like I said before, you're all connected. Now, what's really important and what is probably of interest to you if you're someone who wants to advance and if you care about your career and if you want to get noticed and you want to get promoted and you want to become more of a leader, what is really important for you to think about is that when these horses are pulling this carriage or like when you're doing your work day to day at work, companies are constantly trying to identify talent, right? They're trying to see which horses in the pack have really, really high potential. And it tends to be those people. Obviously, it's not always equitable. In fact, there's lots of places where things are unfair. So I also want to acknowledge that that is true. And it's also true that to a certain extent, we can work on our performance and improve our performance, and that can really, really help us professionally. And as I walk you through these four leadership styles, these four pillars of leadership, these are four ways that people can get noticed. These are four traits, four ways of behaving that can really help someone stand out. And what's really, really important for you to understand if you care about advancing is you need to know where you're naturally doing a really good job so you can be fully aware of that and so you can take full ownership for what it is you bring to the table. And you also need to be aware of the areas that are more difficult for you because often it is not enough to be good at just one of these four things. What is often needed is you need to be good at a combination of them. And as I walk you through them, it's going to make sense why that's the case. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite skills and my favorite pillars of leadership, which I call execution. 
And execution is actually something that you might really enjoy. Often I find that with the women who are part of this community of this show, you love the execution component of your job. You love the thing that you do. You love the work. You love the output. You love the challenge. And that's what execution is really about. It's about really enjoying the activity of doing. (laughs) And you might be wondering, like, isn't that the only thing that matters? Or you might have a thought of like, well, what else matters besides execution? And if you're having that thought, that's definitely a sign that this is a good opportunity for you to zoom out and increase your awareness of the skills beyond execution that are going to impact your professional trajectory and your professional experience. But execution at its core, I think, is what a lot of us think of first when we think about what we do in our jobs. It's the actual work. It's the actual output. Now, if you go back to this idea of these horses that are all drawing this carriage forward, when a horse or an employee, but in this case a horse, is a really strong executor, they tend to go faster and with greater urgency than everyone else. So if you imagine a bunch of horses pulling this carriage, if you have a horse in the mix and that horse is a really strong executor, then that horse is always going to kind of be going a little faster than the other horses and just a little bit faster. And that momentum is going to help the entire carriage that the horses are drawing also go faster. And if you have a horse that's a really strong executor and they're like miles and miles like above and beyond all of the other horses around them, that horse might be going so much faster than all the other horses that it breaks away from the pack and it just starts running because it's just too fast. And that will happen. You will see that happen in an organization, hopefully to you, when you are so strong in the skill that you are doing that you have outgrown your environment or your team. And as a result, you are promoted to a role that has greater complexity and is more challenging. You're like the horse that breaks broke away from the pack because it was running so quickly because your ability to execute and problem solve and figure things out and get things done has gotten you noticed and it's gotten you ahead of the pack in a really good way. And as I'm walking through this, I just invite you to reflect. Does this feel intuitively as you listen, if you're really honest with yourself, is this an area where you're strong? I don't know because I don't know exactly who you are listening right now, but for a lot of the women in this community, they are very strong at execution and they're very good at like the core day-to-day of their jobs. And that is something that you should take ownership of and you should never, ever, ever be afraid to be going faster than the other horses around you. You never wanna like self-correct and slow yourself down because you're like scared that you're going too fast. Never do that, right? You always want to allow that strength to come forward and you want to allow yourself to go at the speed that you're capable of because that's going to be your ticket to bigger opportunities. So that is the first one. And now I'm going to go on to the second one. The second one is one that I have struggled with quite a lot and it might be one that is more challenging for you. So we're moving from the skill of execution to the skill of advocacy. Advocacy means using your voice. And I really want you to note that using your voice is distinct and very different from execution. Execution 
is something that you can do alone. Execution is something you do at your desk, (laughs) on your laptop. You can execute by yourself. Using your voice happens around others. It happens most often in meetings, but it happens in smaller settings and more informal settings and in email, right? It happens in a lot of different ways, but it's all about using your voice. And as you go from being more junior to being more senior and more executive in your career, what will happen is execution will be less and less of your time because other people on your team will be executing and advocacy using your voice will be more and more of your time. And that's why it is so important to practice it now because if you're going to be advancing throughout your career, now is the easiest time it will ever be to use your voice because the more you advance, the bigger the rooms are gonna get, right? The bigger the projects are gonna get, the higher the stakes are gonna get. It's not going to get easier. The rooms will get bigger and harder, and so will the importance of what it is you're doing. So that's why it's so important to begin practicing this now so that when you are leading that big team or you are leading the meeting in that really big room one day, it's not so new to you and it's not so jarring. And it's something that you've been doing all along. And that's why the art of speaking up is so important, right? And so I want to go back to these horses, and I really want to help you understand why advocacy and using your voice is so freaking important and why I think it is more important than execution. If you were to tell me that I could choose between being a really powerful executor who could do things really effectively or a really strong advocate who had a very strong and effective voice and I could only have one of those skills and I could not have the other one, I would hands down choose advocacy over execution. The reason being is that when you're a good executor but you can't advocate, it is very difficult then to outsource advocacy. You need to be the one sharing your perspective. It can only ever come from you. Like when you're speaking, you're sharing what you think and that's the source of value with advocacy. If you're a really good advocate but you're not a great executor, You hire people to execute for you. You fill all your gaps. Those people come in and do the things that you're not as good at and you use your voice to be effective and to lead and to manage. And back to the horses, what I want you to imagine is within this pack of horses, I told you what it's like when you have a strong executor. Here's what it's like when you have a strong advocate in this pack of horses that are galloping along. A strong advocate in this group of horses, they're galloping along and you have the advocate and ahead, they see something ahead that no one else sees. They can like see in the distance and let's say they see a snowstorm. They see a snowstorm and all of a sudden they say to everyone, everyone, I see a snowstorm. Let's pivot left to avoid it. And they just saved those horses and that group time and pain and energy because not only did they see it, but they said something. And this is really, really important. And one of the clues that will happen if you have a strong advocate in you that is trying to come out and you're actually good at this, but you're just afraid to speak, is that you'll notice things, but you won't say anything. 
and you'll find yourself having spotted things before other people did or having other people share an idea that you got three weeks ago, right? If you're having experiences like that, it means that the skill of advocacy is dormant within you. It means that you have the first part of the skill, spotting the snowstorm, right? You're seeing the things that are ahead, but the problem is you're not saying anything. So if you're one of those galloping horses and you're connected to all these other horses and you're all galloping, 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 you see the snowstorm and you don't say anything. All of the horses then, you guys have to all suffer through the snowstorm and it, you lose time and it's cold and it's unpleasant, right? But when you tell everyone about it and you say, everyone, I see something ahead, I see a snowstorm, let's go left. Then when everyone gets to the end of that, that trek that they were all on, you are the hero, the heroine, and you get recognized only because you noticed something and you pointed it out. And what I want you to notice here, and this is really important, this is so important to like really like let this sink in. Often the advocate will get more credit just for noticing something and like spending 10 seconds pointing it out than an executor will get for like running that entire time so fast, right? So if you have an executor in that group of horses, and like I said, they're just going faster and faster and they're like breaking a sweat and they're like giving it their all. And then you have kind of like a lazy horse who doesn't go as fast, but is a really strong advocate and points out the snowstorm. And maybe they see, I don't know, what are other natural disasters, a, a, a sand dune? A, I don't know. Things. They see things. They see a snowstorm. They see a rainstorm, something with sand, a tornado. They keep pointing things out. That person didn't put in as much quote unquote effort. But who do you think is going to get noticed more? The executor who was running really fast and breaking a sweat but not saying much? Or the advocate who was running a little bit slower but constantly pointing things out? Is this fair? I don't know. Is it true? Is it reality? Yes. This is so important because a trap that is very easy to fall into is the trap of just working really, really, really hard. And instead of facing your fears of speaking up and facing your fears of becoming a powerful advocate, you just try to execute more and more. You only ever focus on execution. And this can become draining because with execution, it's just doing the work. But with advocacy, it's only about sharing your perspective. And so it's easier in the sense that it's quicker and you don't break a sweat as much, but it's harder in the sense that it requires courage and bravery to speak up and use your voice. But what I want to point out is that the skill of advocacy is inherently more visible than the skill of execution. This doesn't mean that you don't get noticed for being an amazing executor. It doesn't mean that you don't get promoted for being faster than all of the other horses as part of this horse carriage. But it does mean that when all things are equal, advocacy is a more visible trait because it's coming from your voice. It's coming from who you are, whereas execution happens more alone and it does get noticed 
But there comes a point where you have to also have the advocacy on top of it. And this brings me to the third pillar or the third skill, which is a cousin of advocacy. So if you struggle with your voice and you struggle with advocacy, this is an important one to pay attention to because they are often linked together. Some people struggle with this skill and some people don't actually. It just really depends on your personality and how you relate to other people. But this is the skill of connecting. Now, if I had to choose between execution only, advocacy only, or connecting only, and I could only be good at one of those three things, I might choose connecting. I'd have to think more if I choose connecting or advocacy, but this is really important. Connecting is the skill of how you interact with and work with others. What will happen, again, is if you're a really strong executor and you like getting things done, but you don't feel totally confident in your voice, what will happen is that you will treat connecting as this very transactional thing. So you will connect with people when you need something from them for a project, but you will never go above and beyond what it is you need. So you'll never do deeper thinking about what additional stakeholders you might want to bring into a project aside from the ones who are really, really obvious or the people you need something from. You'll never think about what relationships you need to build now and why for the future to set a project up for success. You'll only be looking at what is immediately needed for execution and for the thing right in front of you, and you won't be thinking bigger picture. Here's why connecting is important. Back to our horses, back to our carriage. When you have a group of horses and you have a really strong connector, here's what happens with the horses. The horses are all hanging out, ready to get started on their trek. And the connector in the group of horses gets the conversation going, starts to get to know the horses, and the horses begin to all feel more connected to each other But more importantly, they begin to feel affinity and connection towards the horse who is a really strong connector. Not only do they begin to feel favorable towards this person, but through conversation, the connector begins to learn about the different horses and what each horse is good at and what they're afraid of and what their hopes and dreams and aspirations are. So by the time all of these horses get like ready to go, the connector has positioned them in the optimal place based on their skills. So maybe the connector has put the fastest horses in the front and the horses, you know, who uh, have the best vision in the back so they can look ahead. They, they've kind of like managed everyone and put them in the right spots. And they've also made everyone feel really good and really excited and really important and part of the team. And as a result of what that connector did, the entire carriage and the entire ride is faster and more efficient and everyone feels good and everyone feels connected and everyone feels like a part of something. When you become a powerful connector, you have the ability to move mountains within an organization because it's not just about the work and it's not just about the project. You get to know people and you allow people to get to know you. And as a result, when it comes time for a project or you need something, people show 
up for you. They feel excited to help you and support you. And I think this can get missed if you're a really strong executor and you just like doing things and you like doing things on your own. You can miss the fact that through thoughtful and intentional connecting, your work can become so much more powerful. And also, when you get to a certain level of leadership, you have to connect. So I would say that being a really good connector is optional below a certain level, generally speaking, within an organization. But as soon as you get to a higher level, a management level, a leadership level, you actually can't get things done without connecting. And that becomes more important than execution, right? Because you have your team to execute. You need to be the one to build the relationships all across the organization that are going to make things happen, that are going to make that carriage go faster. And I'm sure that you can see why the connector gets noticed, right? So I talked about how the executor horse who goes faster gets noticed because they're running faster. And the horse who is the advocate gets noticed because they're speaking up and using their voice. And the horse that's a really good connector gets noticed in a really powerful way through deep interpersonal connections with the people around them. And those connections are some of the strongest and most influential things for you professionally. And that's why, you know, when I was thinking if I could only have one skill, what would I choose between I definitely wouldn't choose execution, I would either choose advocating or connecting. And I'd probably choose connecting, because that builds the most power and the most affinity in an organization. And so what I want you to just notice is that the skill of advocacy and the skill of connection, they both create visibility. They both help you become seen more than execution, right? It's sort of like the difference between being behind the camera and like being a director of Hollywood films versus being a star. Obviously, the director put a lot of work and effort into it, but people remember the star because that's who they saw the most. And it's like that with advocating and with connecting. That person was most front of mind because that person was speaking up or that person was connecting. So that's the skill and the pillar of connecting. And the very last one, this is actually my favorite one. And I believe it's the one that might be most important for you if you struggle with confidence or you sometimes feel discouraged. It's a really powerful one and a really important one. And it's the skill of being a visionary. And I I honestly think this one is one that just I think like some people just have it and I think you can cultivate it but I think some people are just natural visionaries and you can sort of tell but this is the skill of being able to see things and possibilities that don't yet exist. It's the skill of being able to go into the future and imagine what how things could be and how things could be better and this skill is important for two really big reasons. The first reason it's important is because I'm sure, as you know, so often in a professional environment, you get stuck. People get stuck. Things happen. Things get hard. And visionaries can see a better possibility, a better future. So they're really good at staying in it and keeping things moving forward when things get hard or when things get stuck. But what is also really important about visionaries is they also... They also hold a vision for themselves and for the people around them. 
And I think that this gets forgotten a lot of the time because we get so busy in the day-to-day grind of work. But in my mind, there are few things more important than having a vision for yourself and for the people around you. So someone who's a really deep visionary can see the vision not just for the projects that they're working on and not just how to get unstuck from things, but a visionary can see the possibility of what they could become. They can see that even if they are struggling or things are difficult for them, they still have enormous potential and they have the ability to imagine something greater for themselves than where they're at right now. And this is so important. If you struggle with confidence or if you struggle with your voice, there's maybe nothing more important than this. There is a difference between struggling with something and only believing that you will ever struggle and not believing that it'll ever get better and being able to accept this struggle and accept whatever is difficult for you and also hold this belief that there is a possibility and a version of you out there in the future that has grown through this and worked through this and gotten so brave and strong. If you are truly a visionary, you will be able to hold a vision, not just for complicated work that you know how to go out and solve, but for your own complicated self that struggles and gets stuck and gets afraid. If you can hold a vision for what you can be, then all of the things that are hard for you suddenly will seem less daunting and they'll seem less like a final sentence and more like something that you can manage and like something that is part of your growth and part of your future and part of who you are becoming. And that is why I love this work so much. And that is why I love this podcast. And that is why I love working with people because that is what we do. We create the vision of the future and of this person that looks different from where they're at now. And you hold that vision, you hold it long enough that eventually it happens. And visionaries not only do this for themselves, but once you learn to do this for yourself and once you learn that you can change and that you can go from being really bad at something to actually being pretty good at it, Once you have gone through that process of facing your demons and going through the things that are hard and doing the things that scare you and showing up for it over and over again, even when it goes horribly, you've gone through enough cycles of that. You've come out the other end and you're strong and you're confident and you've overcome something that was so hard and you've dealt with a skeleton in your closet. Once you have done that and truly lived it, not just intellectually, not just thought about it, but you've done it in your life then you become a visionary for others. And then you are able to inspire others to do the same. And I believe that you can't really do a good job of that and you can't do that effectively until you've done it for yourself. And that's why I think that your struggles are so important. Because if you are a professional woman who faces your struggles and then you one day become a leader, You become a visionary for other women who are struggling, who are lacking that role model. And there is nothing more important than that. And that's exactly what we need to be building and creating. And that is one of the things that is so important to me. I don't care about female leaders who have like been mostly confident most of the time. Like, 
I care about the ones like me who have like major overwhelm, anxiety, struggle, feeling so shitty about themselves. Those are the women that I care about because it's those women that once you get through that and you get to the other side, you become something for someone else to look up to. And that is so important. And so with our horses drawing this carriage, when you have a visionary horse on the like in the group of horses, it's like you have like a DJ running the party. <laughs> so like you've got the executor, they're going faster. You've got the advocate, they're using their voice. You've got the connector, they're building all the relationships. And you've got the visionary and they're like bringing the inspiration. They're bringing the fun. They're bringing the party. They're bringing the personality. They're motivating themselves and other people and they're making everyone feel good even when things get really, really hard. When you have a visionary in the room, things feel electric and they light things up and it feels amazing. And the most wonderful thing about being a visionary is that you don't need to be perfect and polished. You just need to be someone who's willing to do hard things and who is brave enough to do hard things and then who is willing to own your power in the aftermath of having gone through those hard things. And of course, the group of horses moves faster with the visionary on board because the visionary makes everyone feel good. And when you feel good, you go faster and it feels fun and exciting. And that's exactly what they do. If I had to choose one and only one of these pillars, I would probably choose the visionary. I actually think that is one of my strongest leadership skills is being a visionary. Um, And it's one of my favorites. And I also want to turn my attention back to advocating and using your voice, because I know that this is one that is top of mind for a lot of women who listen to this show. Everything that I shared with you today was a huge high level overview And I want you to pick one of these four areas that you want to make your pillar for 2021. I challenge you to pick the one that is the most difficult for you and the most challenging for you. I know that a lot of you are working on your voice and are working on speaking up. So if you pick the skill of advocacy, you are in luck because I am doing a deep dive on just advocacy in two more episodes this week. So this week, I'm coming up with a three-episode series. This is part one. There are two more coming, and I'm going to talk all about advocacy and using your voice. I'm going to talk about the barriers and the things that get in your way, and I'm going to share some strategies for how to overcome those barriers, even if you really, really struggle. I believe that finding your voice is possible no matter how hard it is right now. And if you're willing to get on board with that belief and come with me, I can walk you through how you can become a stronger advocate in 2021. And holy cow, when you get better at advocating, your job becomes so much more fun, so much less stressful, and a little bit easier. So I'm excited to walk you through that. I'm excited for you to listen to the rest of this series. These, this three-parter will come out day by day. So this is the first one. So if you're listening the day it's out, tune in tomorrow for part two. I cannot wait. And I also want to share with you more about coaching because this is kind of a new and big, exciting thing for me. And I've officially launched my private coaching practice. My work is for women who were like me, who didn't feel confident and who struggled with speaking up, who struggled with advocacy. 
And they have a brand new website, which you can go check out. It is jessguzzickcoaching.com. You can learn more about how to work with me. And I'm doing something special for the new year. And because this is the launch of my business and it's 2021 and everything just feels fresh and exciting and new. So I'm doing something super special for anyone who enrolls and signs up for coaching between now and the 15th of January. If you do decide to sign up and work with me one-on-one, you are also going to get an invitation to two workshops that I will be doing. This is totally free and in addition to your coaching package. And both of these workshops are all around advocacy and speaking up. The first one is around leading meetings, how to lead meetings, both the tools that you need, but also more internally, the internal tools you need to feel confident and powerful and manage some of those fears. And the second one is participating in meetings. This one, I think we don't think about as often, right? We usually think about leading meetings sometimes because it's like the big and scary thing, but participating in meetings is massively important. It's where you show people what you're made of because when you're leading meetings, you've kind of prepared a lot of things in advance, but when you're participating, you're thinking on your feet, it's on the spot, and that can both be really, really challenging, and I know that can feel really overwhelming, but it's also a massive opportunity to show people your intellectual engine and show people how you think and what it is you're made of and what it is you're able to bring to the table. If you sign up for coaching anytime between now and the 15th of this month, you will be invited to attend both of those workshops for free. I am so excited to run them. You are going to learn so much and it is going to change your perspective on meetings and make them feel less daunting and scary. Our minds can make things really big and scary in our heads when we're just like thinking about it and not addressing it. But when you have tools and you're able to work through your challenges, all of a sudden the problem shrinks and it feels more manageable and you kind of feel the sense of relief. If you're interested in working with me, it is by application. And like I said, you can go to jessguzzickcoaching.com. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this part one. I hope you're doing amazing. As always, I'll put free resources that you can find in the show notes. I am so excited for this next year. I am so excited for you. I am so excited for what's possible. So make sure to tune in to parts two and part three of this series because we're going to keep going and we're going to get deeper into this. I can't wait and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.